Welcome back to the Thermo Diet Podcast. I am your host, Jayden Miller, and I am here with the lovely Kitty Blomfield. How are you doing, Kitty? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Did I say that right, Blomfield? Yeah, yeah. it's pronounced Bloomfield, but it's spelt with one O, so it's confusing. So you did good, yeah. Sounds good. Sweet. Um, so what's your story? Kind of, can you give us a kind of quick uh, background of yeah. what you do, where you came from? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got a company or two companies actually. Um, one's New Strength and I own that with my partner, Craig, who's also my partner in life. Um, and we've got a program. Our, our main program is called Win at Life where we teach women how to break free from restrictive diets, restore their metabolisms and build bodies they love. So lose weight, tone up, build muscle. Um, and then I've also got another company called Saturay, which means saturated in French. So my business partner is a nutritionist, Emma. She's called Emma Skorakis. I always say her name wrong, sorry. <coughs> she's always like, Kitty, you always pronounce it wrong. Um, and she's a certified nutritionist and we produce a range of metabolically supportive supplements. So we've got clean casein, we've got um, freeze-dried liver tablets, we've got Cascara Sagrada, which you would know know about, um, gelatin, hydrolyzed gelatin, and we're actually developing skincare. So a, a range that's got no nasties and all saturated fat, which is taking us a bit longer um, than we thought. But I guess my backstory, I'm nearly 40, um, and five years ago I got divorced and I was seeing this therapist and we would always talk about nutrition because for my pretty much my whole life since I was about 19 I just literally starved myself like most women you know I think when I was younger I I didn't get sucked into the like diet culture so I just ate and when I think about back to those days you know when I was a kid when I was in my early teens I drank milk I ate fruit you know I ate meat I ate vegetables um and then you know, I sort of hit that 17, 18, and I got sucked into the whole, you know, diet culture and, and being skinny. And I just went on this, God, I tried every diet. You know, I, I did shake diets. I sold isogenics for 12 months. I did keto. I did every protocol of fasting. Um, and I was just a really big binge eater because I would do them for a while and then, you know, I'd lose weight. And, you know, it just depended on how long I could, you know, stick to them and how good my willpower willpower was. And then eventually, obviously, all the sugar cravings would take over and I'd end up having these ridiculous epic binges. Um, so I then actually did a couple of fitness comps because I needed an excuse to restrict. And I would look at those women and I would think, oh, they're so tiny and they're so lean and they look so happy. So I did a couple of comps and, you know, I – you know, got down to probably my lightest weight was like 54 kilos, but I literally had to starve myself and train seven days a week and do heaps of cardio. And obviously I just rebounded and my binge eating got worse and worse. I took laxatives. I made myself throw up. Um, and I think, you know, like so many women get sucked into this crazy restrictive diet. And I just was on this constant yo-yo. Um, and I felt like my whole life revolved around food and I was just completely obsessed. So I was either dieting and restricting or I was on the other end of the scale and I was just um, binge eating. So I got divorced and I was seeing this therapist and, you know, we talk about nutrition and at the time I was working in mining and she said to me, you know, Kitty, have you ever read any of Ray Pete's work and have you read any of Emma's work? And I said, no. And she's like, go away and read it because she said women that have thyroid issues shouldn't eat green vegetables. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, shouldn't everyone eat green vegetables? You know, I just eat plates and plates of them at every fucking meal basically. Um <laughs> 
which was crazy. I look back now and think, oh, God, what was just also tasted, just so blah. Um, and I went away and I read, there's an article, and if you haven't read it, go and read it. Um, it's called Defending Fruit and Other Non-Complex Carbs. It's one that Emma wrote. And I just remember reading it thinking, holy shit, like this is why I am how I am. Like I felt like I'd stumbled across the holy grail. Like you know when you just like the fitness industry has been lying to you, like they're telling me to cut sugar and cut dairy and cut all these things out. And here's Emma saying, this is what your body needs, your cells run off sugar, like this is why you're binge eating. So I emailed her and I had to work with her because I was just like I just I need to know what she knows. So I did her popping the food bubble program and then I was just like this is it. This is it. Like I stopped binging, um, you know, I started sleeping better, my digestion improved, my period improved. So I had all these issues with my period, I had a miscarriage. And at the same time I met Craig and he taught me how to strength train. And, you know, because prior to that I was doing heaps of hit. I'd get up in the morning fasted, no food, and I'd go and do an hour of like circuit type workouts and then I'd do an hour of hit training, two hours of fasted, and then I'd just eat no carbs the whole day. Um, and you know, I started eating more, eating more sugar, and I learned how to squat bench and deadlift, and I just fell in love with lifting, and I got into powerlifting, and yeah, it just changed my life so much that I left my job in mining, and Craig and I opened New Strength. So initially, we had a gym, and we did that for three years, and then we wanted to expand more and, you know, help more women, because I'm really passionate about freeing women, because I, I, you know, obviously, you feel better, and you can eat more food, and you just, you know, you get off the diet yo-yo train but you know I think it really changes your whole life you know once you get out of that mentality you're not focused on food all the time you can be a better partner you know you can chase your dreams like me like I left my job in mining and opened this business I've never done anything like that before um and yeah here we are five years later and we've got the we sold the gym now um which was probably good timing given everything that's going on and yeah we just got the online program we've got over 500 women in it um we've built we're building out a new app which will be awesome like a food tracker and so we can track all the subjective and objective measures um and yeah that's sorry that was a really long long story (laughs) (laughs) no i like it so um do you think that you know a lot of these nutritional and lifestyle changes had to do with kind of the perspective shift that you had during that time totally totally because i guess previously like I was trying all these diets like keto and fasting and um, all of them cut sugar. You know, they a lot of them said to cut cut sugar and cut calories. And I was always, my goal was I just wanted to lose weight and be skinny. I never, ever knew about metabolism and focusing on my health and fixing my digestion. And, you know, when I started to read Ray's work and I worked with Emma and then I did some work with um, Dodie and Rob, the authors of um, popping the food bubble you probably know Rob Turner he's awesome um, and I worked with Dodie for 12 months and my focus shifted from eating to be skinny to eating to improve my health and my metabolism and actually listening to my body so you know like if I was hungry I would eat if I craved sugar it meant I knew that it meant that I needed to eat more sugar um, and instead of going look here is the list of foods that you can and cannot eat it was about I want you to eat the foods, Kitty, and then I want you to measure your temperature, your pulse, your sleep, your digestion, your mood, your energy, um, look at your menstrual cycle and try and eat to improve those things. And when I did that, not only did I obviously feel better, 
but combined with the strength training, you know, my physique just completely changed. Um, and, you know, now it's really easy for me to maintain the body that I have only training three days a week. And I eat like lots of food and I never feel like I have to like cut sugar or cut anything out, which is just awesome. It's just amazing. But I think you're right. Like it's having that shift, um, in terms of the diet, but also the sugar. Cause I think I was like so anti-sugar. Like it was like a religion. Like if people told me to eat sugar, I'd be like, nah, there's no way I'm eating sugar. I didn't drink dairy because I had too much sugar. I didn't eat fruit. I, I, I made my own almond milk. Like it was crazy. Wow. So like during this time, whenever you started implementing these different kinds of foods back into your diet, did you have to do it very slowly or did you kind of do it all at once? And did, was there like some weight gain that kind of made you hesitant about it? I think like, I'm the sort of person who goes all in <laughs> with everything. So, like, when I met Emma, I was just, I go, okay, I'm doing something and I'm just going to go in 100%. So I pretty much just started eating all this sugar and started eating all this saturated fat. And, you know, I remember when we were like, oh, we're going to start drinking chocolate milk and we thought it was so radical. And I did actually gain weight because I think that I, you know, I think a lot of women when they come from that low-carb, low sugar diet you know their metabolism is at, is at a certain spot and when you go and add in all this extra sugar and fat you know your metabolism isn't optimized yet so you know you're not able to burn that many and utilize that many calories plus I didn't have as much muscle so I, I think at my heaviest I probably got up to like 75 kilos um but saying that too I wasn't as consistent as I am now so while I would eat the foods I remember that Craig and I still would on the weekends go and eat like um uh what's it you wouldn't have it over there but like nando's um you know so i'd still be eating some deep fried chips which had vegetable oil in them i still drank alcohol more alcohol back then like now i just don't drink that much um so i think and you know that's obviously all part of my journey and part of the process i think of you know gradually over time getting more consistent um and i think all of those things contributed to my weight gain so some of it was muscle but some of it was fat as well but yeah I think that a lot of women when they start this process I think you know what I've seen from just working with thousands of women that there's two types of women that we tend to work with is the ones that have like me been really good at restricting you know so we restricted more than we binged so I was able to sustain a lower body weight but I was skinny fat um but, you know, like I would probably be averaging 1,600 calories a day. Um, and then there's women who binge eat a lot and put on a lot of body fat. So I think, you know, if you're someone who has restricted for a long period of time and your metabolic resting metabolic rate has really slowed down um, and if you go and throw so many calories in there, saturated fat and sugar, um, there is the potential that you will gain some body fat. Um, and I, so I think it just it really does depend – on the person. I think there's no like you're definitely going to gain body fat eating like this when you first start. And you, you guys probably see the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. So, you know, looking back on that time, would you say that the weight that you gained was worth the reward that you received in return as far as like how you felt and, you know, kind of the health benefits that you experienced? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes, like, because I th- often I'll think about it 
And, um, you know, like women in our program, some of them are the ones that do gain weight. Of course, no one wants to gain weight, but no one wants to get fatter. Um, but I think that obviously by doing that, it, you know, I was giving my body the nutrients and the energy that it required to heal. You know, so my menstrual cycle normalized, um, you know, my, I started to poo every day. <laughs> you know, before that I was pretty constipated, um, which was pretty bad. Um, you know, I slept through the night. So I think, and you know, now, now I'm probably way about, oh, what did I jump on the scales this morning, 66 kilos, you know. Um, but I think the fact that I sat at that higher calories for quite a long period of time, you know, when it came t- time to just, you know, um, I wanted to lose the body fat, it was quite easy because my calorie base was so high and my metabolism was so good. So all I had to do was just be more consistent and get my macros right and, you know, train consistently and the fat has just come off and now I'm in this really good spot where I can eat a good amount of food, you know, only have to train three days a week. I just walk my dog Winston um, and I just feel really good. And everything's good, like period comes, bang on 28. I know that you obviously men listen to this too, but I think for so many women, like that, those hormonal issues is a, probably a really good sign if things are not functioning as they should be. Um, and for me, that was like one of the best indicators because my period was pretty bad and a miscarriage had polyps removed, had precancerous cells removed. And now it's just like comes every 27, 28 days. It's regular, it's pain-free um so me to me that's a really good sign that things have balanced out and they're working as they should be Mm -hmm. so that's actually something that we kind of we see a lot is a lot of different women have trouble with their pms symptoms and think that at this point it's something that's supposed to be normal and i can't really speak from experience from there so why would some of those things that they experience for instance like excessive cramps and pain and mood swings and things like that. Why would some of that stuff not be normal for PMS? Well, I think, you know, like you said, you just think that it's normal because when you go to the doctor, like when I used to go to the doctor, they'd just be like, this is normal. You should just take the pill. This will help you. So like when health professionals and doctors are telling you that it's normal, then of course you're going to think that it's normal. And, you know, I think so many, and it was, the same with me and women that come into our program, the reason they experience these, you know, hormonal issues is because their body has become so estrogen dominant and that is through diet and lifestyles, you know, factors. So like the low calorie diets, the low sugar, not enough dairy, you know, and their body's not making enough progesterone to oppose the estrogen. And, you know, like one thing that we're always banging on about, and I'm sure you do too, is eat the liver. You know, liver has just got so much vitamin A in it, just 100 grams, which is the smallest amount, has enough um, a week's worth of vitamin A and your body uses vitamin A to make its protective steroid hormone. So one of those is progesterone. Um, so not only are women under eating, not getting the nutrients they need, but they're also not, um, you know, making enough progesterone to oppose the issue. And then they go and throw in things like the birth control pill and the marina Um you know, and HRT. And, you know, I, I did it myself for years. I took the pill, you know, cause it's, it, it, I guess you, you trust the medical profession to tell you, like, you just believe that they're right when they say that, but it's not, you don't have to suffer and you shouldn't. And, you know, we see it all the time. Women come into our program and they're, Oh God, kidding my period. It's terrible. I get so much PMS. And then after a few months, you know, of eating the right food, eating consistently, getting sun, doing all the things that we suggest, I see these messages going, oh, my God, my period just came. And I didn't even know. 
like just came, no bloating, no PMS. So, yeah, it's really, it's quite incredible. Even to this day, it amazes me the effect that food can have on the body, like getting the right nutrients in. It's probably the same with you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. One of the other things that I tend to see a lot is people, um, there's some women that have come to me and asked about hysterectomies or they've had their ovaries completely removed. Um, have you had experience with that? And what are some of the tips that you would give somebody uh, that's going through that? Well, I would, like, because we've had women in our program too, like the doctors have told them to have a hysterectomy. Um, and I would always just encourage them. I mean, obviously, you know, like I'm not a doctor. I want people to know that, you know, like you should still seek out medical advice for if there's, you know, like who knows what's going on. But try to improve things first with diet and lifestyle you know, so I think one of the most important things is get enough calories in, you know. So, like, oh God, I don't think that women should be eating anything under 2,000 calories a day, um, you know, and it will really depend on your, your life and your stress and how active you are. Um, but the women in our program eat probably anywhere between 1,800 up to, like, 2,500 calories per day, you know, ensuring that you're getting adequate protein. So a lot of women, I think, when they um, – they just under-eat protein and over-eat fat. So protein is obviously important for building muscle, but it's also important for, um, you know, your liver to function efficiently. You know, so make sure that you're eating at least a minimum of 90 grams of protein per day. Fill your diet with lots of good natural sugars, so fruits, juices, sugar from dairy, even having some white sugar. You know, white sugars, as you would know, is just energy. You know, it's not poisonous like everyone is telling you. So if your diet is full of foods that are nutrient-dense and easy to digest, having some white sugar is fine. Like I have white sugar in coffee. I have white sugar in my ice cream. You know, I don't have diabetes. I'm not fat. Um, Ensuring that you're getting, like, liver, liver and oysters. Like those two foods are just the best foods. They're super – I think they're super foods. So, you know, packed with vitamin A, all of your trace minerals. Like we mentioned before – you know, your body uses vitamin A to make progesterone, which opposes um, estrogen. Cut out all the bloody green vegetables and the nuts and the seeds and all that stuff that's, like, super hard for your body to digest. Um, get sun. Get sunlight. Dairy. Calcium's so important. Um, stop flogging yourself with cardio. <laughs> you know, like, cardio is not metabolically supportive. I mean, I'm not saying, like, you say you play sport. Um, but, I, I, you know, I always say to women, look, and I had a message about it before, train specifically for your goal. So if you're you're a young man, your goal is to play sport, obviously you just need to fuel your body appropriately, make sure you get enough recovery. But if you're a 40-year-old 40 40 woman who has all these hormonal issues, um, you know, cardio is not your friend. You need to allow your body to rest, strength train, to build muscle. Um, so train appropriately and listen to your body. Like I think so many women just flog themselves. You know, like I was the same. I'd get up every morning, fasted, I'd be exhausted. But I just had this, it was just ingrained in me that I needed to train every day and I had to train. Whereas now I train three days a week, occasionally four, depending on my program. And I really look forward to my days where I'm not training because I like the recovery. And also I know that if I go into the gym and I'm tired, I'm not going to perform at my best and I'm not going to be able to, you know, increase my strength and hit my numbers. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of, good things that you can do with your diet and lifestyle to improve your hormonal issues. Definitely. Um, whenever it does come to, 
another question that I've gotten from some women is whenever it does come to that time of the month, um, are there any kind of strategies that you use as far as like supplementation or extra sleep or things like that to help prepare you better uh, for uh, that time of the month? I think, you know, like, and I, I don't, I'm sure you guys probably recommend this too, a good supplement that we use but always has to be used on top of the right diet because it's pro-metabolic um, and it will speed everything up is progeste. So I don't know if you guys recommend that to clients too. So it's just a natural progesterone supplement made by Ray Pete. Actually, we buy it off his um, girlfriend, Catherine. She's lovely. Uh, you know, so we I've found that in conjunction with the right dietary changes, that can be a real game changer for women. Um, and even though I don't have any menstrual cycle issues, I'll still supplement that um, from day 15 to 28 of my cycle. And I'll use it sporadically if I have like a really stressful time or if I feel like I've got a headache coming on. I think extra salt. So adding extra salt into your diet, making sure you're keeping your good like natural sugars high, um, you know, so drinking extra juice, eating extra fruit. Because, you know, a lot of women go, oh, I crave sugar. They'll crave sugar. So I think it's just, you know, like eat the, get the good stuff in, get the orange juice in, get the fruits, you know, get some good quality homemade ice cream, um, you know, get sun. But I think, you know, overall if you're making those changes, then you should be able to get to the point where you're not getting those symptoms anymore you know, where it should just turn up and it should be pain-free and you shouldn't feel like you want to rip someone's head off. <laughs> like I think some women do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And you have some amazing recipes, especially on YouTube and on your Instagram and stuff like that. What are some of your favorite recipes that you use like every single day or every single week? So fudge. <laughs> I just love fudge. Like I am like seriously addicted to fudge. I every day, like I've got a few recipes. I've got a plain caramel, a white chocolate and a chocolate. And I reckon I'd eat probably four or five pieces of fudge a day. And it's a real staple um, in my diet, ice cream. So vanilla ice cream, you don't have to make vanilla. Um, but every week I make ice cream and I, you know, have it after dinner every night. It's just incredible and so good to help you sleep. Um, oh God, we've got so many recipes, but I think those ones are probably the two things that I make consistently because I quite keep my diet quite simple. So like I eat a lot of, you know, breakfast will be eggs, cheese, milky coffee with our gelatin, new gel, sugar, um, cheese and fruit. I eat for snacks, coffee and fudge, I eat for snacks. And my lunch is usually some form of protein source and I'll just eat a lot of fresh fruit. And then dinner is usually some type of seafood um, with potato, juice, and then ice cream. So I keep it pretty simple just because I like it and it's tasty. At the moment I'm eating a I, – I made this like chicken and prawn paella-type risotto. So I made, I'm made i eating that this week um, for dinner. So that's a really good one. So I think, yeah, there's just so many amazing, simple, delicious recipes that you can have which have carbs, which you can have. Um, yeah, if you check out our YouTube channel, pretty funny too well i think it's funny some people probably don't and what's it called <laughs> uh, fucking easy food prep yes i like it well because it because it's simple and easy you know like a lot of the women we work with their mums they're busy you know we do a lot of stuff in the slow cooker so you just throw all that in the slow cooker you can portion it up you can freeze it they're really simple um recipes mel who's one of my coaches she's not really a master chef so we try and just keep it um you know, nice flavors like spaghetti bolognese that we serve with rice noodles. Um, oh god, there's just so many recipes. But check it out. Yeah, you can just pick the ones that you like. Definitely. 
What are um, what are some of the best tips that you would give to somebody who's trying to prep for the week or kind of just kind of have their week organized as far as their food goes to make it as easy as possible? So I always think, and I, I find that when women start this process, like they overcomplicate things and they try and cook up too many fancy recipes. And I think if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of time, then you really need to sacrifice variety because otherwise, you know, if, you, if you're trying to plan out meals day to day and you get stuck at the kids' sport or something stressful happens at work, you'll just find that you're not prepared and you're going to end up reaching for shitty food. So I like to keep it really simple. So I'll usually just cook one. And I know obviously if you've got a family, they may not want to eat the same thing every night. But if you just think in your head like I'm going to have a source of protein, then I'm going to have like I usually have a starchy carb, so rice or rice noodles or potato, and then throw in some fruit or some juice. So I always sort of just use that principle. But, you know, I'll maybe prep one slow cooker meal and I'll freeze it. And then I'll make my um, fudge and my ice cream and that's it. And then the rest of my snacks are really easy. So it's cheese. You don't have to prep cheese juice. You don't have to prep juice fruit. You don't have to prep fruit. Like it's just already there in the fridge. So I think, you know, keep it really simple and easy and always prep food in advance um, and have some stuff frozen so that if you get caught out, it's really easy. You know, like you can just grab some cheese and some juice. You can grab that meal out of the freezer and you can whack it in in the microwave because um, I find that the women that get the best results and the most successful at this are the ones that prep, you know, and you've just got to do it. I, you know, sometimes I'll get to a Sunday and think, oh, I can't be fucked, I'm a bit tired, but, you know, spend an hour and you can have everything done for the week and you will thank yourself during the week, definitely. Yeah. So you have an awesome liver pate recipe. What do you use that yeah. So it's like super easy um, and it has minimal ingredients. So I, if I'm having pate, we'll just have it on some nice toasted sourdough um, and it's just, be- and sometimes I'll add marmalade, which is amazing. But at the moment, because I've just can't be bothered to make it, I mean, it's pretty simple and sometimes it's hard to source the good liver. I've been taking, Emma and I have been taking our, we just released our liver capsule, so it's freeze-dried liver. So we've been taking those, which is um, just makes it more easy and convenient. But the pate is beautiful. And if you don't like liver, I think it's a really um, good way, to, a tasty way to eat it. Because, I mean, really, like, who likes liver? Like, just fresh, plain liver. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Do you? Um, I, I'm pretty good at eating just about anything. So <laughs> You're a guy. I think I... Yeah. 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 <laughs> but... It's uh, so do you notice that the cooking process tends to kind of uh, degrade it versus, you know, eating it closer to like raw in some cases? Because, you know, Danny and like Matt Blackburn, for instance, they like to freeze cubes raw and then just pop them. And that's something that I can't I can't bring myself to do uh, personally. Emma and I have had this discussion so many times and obviously the most optimal way of getting it would be you get the cow that's grass-fed and you dot, you kill it and then you eat the liver like fresh, raw, right from the, you know, <laughs> the cow, but really realistically how many people are going to do that. So I think obviously the more you cook it, the longer you cook it, the longer it's exposed to oxygen, the more that you're right that it degrades. So I think obviously trying to source it as fresh as you can um, is always going to be optimal. But then it's also about what you can do consistently and what you can be consistent with. So, you know, we've had incredible reviews on our liver tablets. People taking saying, oh, my skin's improved, you know, like 
I'm already noticing my like sleep's improved, hormonal issues have improved, and my temperature and pulse have come up. So you know, obviously that's more processed than fresh, but it's really is about. So for you, if you you know, you just can't stand the thought of raw liver like that, you know, and you like pate, just cook the bloody pate. You know, eating that every week is going to be so much better than doing nothing. And I think that sometimes people can get too caught up in like, oh, I can't do it the most optimal way, so I'm not going to do it. And you can absolutely get benefits from pate if you just, you know, cook it or if you take the tablet. So I think, like, I would recommend finding a way that you can just do it consistently each week. Definitely. Um, another thing that I noticed that you're very adamant about is the carrot salad. Um, oh yeah. The good old carrot salad. So what are some of the benefits that you tend to experience with that? And what are some of your favorite ways to kind of, you know, switch it up whenever it's getting a little boring? Mm. So I think like the carrot salad, you, you can go and read more about it from Ray Pete and from Emma, but basically it acts like, this is how I think about it. Like, a, like a bit of a scrubber for the intestines so it helps absorb the excess estrogens and endotoxins and just keeps it, you know, clean and optimised. Um, and, you know, I see the women that get the best results, you know, they do the basic things consistently. And one of those things is every day having the carrot salad. So one to two carrots, peeled, grated. And, look, ideally you want to peel it lengthways and soak it in water to get rid of the beta carotene. But, again, I think it's about what can you do consistently. So I just peel it, grate it like normally with a grater and then one to two teaspoons of coconut oil or, or um, olive oil, salt, vinegar, and I, I just eat it plain like that. But, you know, I've seen a lot of women in our program, like they'll add little bits of feta cheese or some parmesan cheese. Um, you know, one thing, and you probably know who Keith Littlewood is. Um, he's another, yeah, he's an awesome guy. does videos for him in our, with us, with me in our, for our program. But he, he, Sometimes we'll put um, garlic, fresh garlic on it too, like do that for a week if you're having, you know, you said if you've had any issues with parasites, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, you can, it's best eaten on its own in between meals. But, again, it's like I think like it's always about try and do what you can consistently and then improve from there, you know. So, like if you're like, fuck, I can only get it in with a meal, it's like, well, that's better than doing nothing. So do that consistently and then you can work on optimising and making, um, you know, improve, improving things. And, you know, that's how I've done it. You know, like I look at where I was four or three years ago to where I am now and it's been a journey, you know, and it's been a constant journey of improvement, 1% better optimising to where I am now. Um, and I think so many women and maybe even men, you know, like they're like, oh, there's too much to learn, like, I can't do everything perfectly and I can't be 100% consistent, so I'm just not going to do it at all. But I think you've got to switch that mentality to, you know, maybe I'm just going to change one thing a week and I'm going to stick to that. And then the next week I'm going to do this and then the next week I'm going to do this because over time all those little 1% things really add up. Um, and, you know, in my head I always think, oh, fuck, all right, imagine if I just keep doing these small things. Imagine where I'll be in 12 months. You know, imagine where I'll be in two years' time rather than, oh, fuck it, I can't do it perfectly, so I'm not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so that's one thing that I've always seen is that the more consistent that you are and the healthier the habits are that you build up, the more long-term success that you're going to create. Um, so whenever it comes in the form of resistance training, what are some of the ways that, what are some of your favorite ways to remain consistent with that? And then what are some of the things that you pay attention to, to see how your body's reacting to some of that exercise that you're implementing? 
I think for me, like I've always, I fell in love with lifting, you know, like as soon as I started to learn how to properly lift with Craig, like I remember when he was teaching me how to deadlift and I was like, oh, because he said to me, I want you to do a rep. I want you to show me how you squat and deadlift. So I did one. He's like, put the bar down, Um, you know, so I'd never actually really learned prior to this how to lift correctly and I didn't realise how much more you could get out of it by having good technique. And I, I worked for a year with, um, he's a really great guy, Thomas Lilly. Um, He's a powerlifting coach. I did work with him for a year just to really refine my deadlift and squat. And it's just amazing how much more now I get out of lifting, knowing how to do it properly. Um, so I think for me, it's always been really easy to be consistent with lifting because I just love it. You know, I'm not going to lie. There are days when I think, oh, fuck, you know, I'm too busy. I don't want to train. Like I just sometimes I'll tire. If I'm really tired, I don't train because I think it's important to listen to your body. But for me, I think it's been it's it's quite easy to be consistent. But I guess if you're someone, you know, who look, I don't know. I, I think that you are going to get the best results when you love it, when you fall in love with the process. Like I, I think when I look at the women in our program that get the best results, they love lifting. You know, they love the art of lifting. They've fallen in love with actually getting better at this skill. And perhaps maybe some better advice would be, I understand that it's frustrating at the start. You know, like when I went back to work with Thomas, I had to unlearn everything that I'd learned. Um, you know, and I had to dial all my weights back and do all these stability exercises. And I was like, oh, this is like the ego took a bit of a hit. You know, like this is so frustrating. I'm never going to get back to where I was. But I shifted my focus. And instead of going, looking at the weights I was lifting, I focused on becoming better at the skill. So I'd go in and I'd be like, I'd always do my stability exercises. I'd focus on getting better at them, at really focusing on the technique. And over a period of six to 12 months, you know, like I'm, it's good now. So I think, and also realizing that it's, there's no end to this, that you've got to stop looking like there's an end because there's not like even now, and I'd say I'm a reasonably advanced lifter. I still video my list and show them to Craig. Um, and he gives me advice and, you know, I'm still trying to improve my technique because I find the improvement part exciting, you know, and when you get that extra rep, you, you would know when you, you know, like I'm like lifting close now to like, it, t- it takes a long time for me to progress now to add more weight and more reps, you know, like yesterday I was squatting and I'm like, oh, it's t- taking me like a month just to add another rep to like my one, I'm stuck at like 107.5, like hopefully next fortnight I'll do three sets of eight but you know it's like really really hard but I think it's like when you actually love the process that's when it becomes um you know so much easier sorry I don't know if I really answered that question properly but I think you have to get out of that mindset of oh fuck I need to see quick results I've got to see quick results to I'm gonna be good at lifting I'm I'm really gonna focus on becoming a better lifter and enjoy the skill acquisition and the learning because it's like when you do that and there's nothing like, and probably the same thing for guys, but I just find it so empowering being strong as a woman and like going to the gym and, you know, like when you like beat a PB on your deadlift or you finally get a few more reps, you're like, fuck yeah. Like it's just like it's the most empowering feeling. It's really rewarding and it teaches you, I think it teaches you persistence and resilience and how to play the long game because you would know yourself. Like it's not linear with lifting. Like I've had times where I've gone backwards. I broke my arm squatting, which was a freak accident. And, you know, so there was 12 months where I just didn't really like do any squatting, benching or deadlifting, but I never stopped because for me, it's a part of my life and it's what I do. And I just focused on the exercises I could do. 
And every session I went in and tried to be a little bit better. And, you know, I think as a woman, if you do that, because some women will look at me and go, I'll never lift the weights that she lifts. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But it's not about that. It's about finding what you can do and just showing up and being better every session than you were the session before. And you watch one years, two years. It's like, I really feel like it's it's like when you save money, like in a, an account that accrues interest, it's like that, like you start initially, like, fuck, I'm just not seeing any results. Like it's such a slow process, but it's that consistency over time and it, and it compounds, the interest compounds. All of a sudden you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, like I'm getting better at this. My body's starting to change. And it's, it's about putting that work in initially when you're not seeing the results and keep keeping going because the reward is so great. You know, like if you really truly build this foundation and you improve your metabolism, you will be free from dumb diets forever. You will wake up every fucking day and you will look in the mirror. And like I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, fuck yeah, I love my strong body. You know, not every woman wants to look like me. Like I'm pretty muscular, but it's hard. You know, you don't just lift the weights and suddenly like become really strong and turn into Arnie. But I think... You know, it's just I believe that every woman should strength train. Like I think it's just the most empowering, rewarding thing that you can do, apart from also helping you, you know, build a great physique and, you know, it's metabolic. So I believe it's the way to train to also, you know, support your metabolism rather than tear it down, you know, like by running and doing hit and all that sort of stuff. Definitely. One of the images that I usually have in my head is looking at it as a road trip and you have gas stations along the way, but you have no end destination. It's just you have those little objectives that you're hitting along the way, but there's no end to it. You just keep on driving. So true. It's so, so true. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll be like 90 and lifting. I'll be lifting till I die. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Probably same as you. So, some of those older power lifters are strong too. Like some of those competitions that they have for them are absolutely crazy. It's crazy, hey, like the, some of the women too, like, I mean, I'm I'm relatively strong, but like if I was to compete, I would be, you know, all those other women would shit all over me, but it's not about that, you know, it's just about, I think you just need to be the best that you can be, you know, and it's you versus you, it's not you versus anyone else, and that's what I really like about it. Definitely. So if somebody just can't get to that point to where they can fall in love with the resistance training what are some of the things that you recommend just to get that movement in and kind of just help get that part of their health in check? I guess if you do, you mean like get like how that how can they make themselves do strength training, or how can or if they just can't do any strength training at all? If they just cannot bring themselves to resistance train, what are some of the other forms of movement such as walking or yeah, some other yeah, like, that you recommend? We. We always recommend, you know, like outside of lifting is active recovery. So, you know, get out, get sun, walk, move, play with your kids, kick the footy around, go for a nice swim, go for a bike ride. It's just you don't want to be like smashing yourself and getting really breathless, you know. Um, so I think if you can't, you know, oh, look, look, I really think that everyone needs to do some form of strength training, even if it's just at home, if you just get some resistance bands, you know, like Emma, the nutrition coach, she doesn't do any form of heavy lifting, but she just does like body weight squats and, you know, she's got resistance bands and she does some stuff with that. So just even doing, you know, anything, it's, I think it's about going like, what can I do? And just committing to that. Like, even if it's three times a week, for half an hour, just do that. Start there, go walking, you know, get sun, all of that's going to be beneficial. And then I think it's just building on that and deciding where you want to take it, you know, and if you actually truly love strength training. Definitely. 
Have you heard of um, functional patterns with Naughty Aguilar? No. So Nathan Colonna and Nicholas Simpson have both pushed me onto this, and it's kind of a deep dive that I've taken recently. And he's uh, there's also uh, Thomas Meyer from Anatomy Trains, and he talks a lot about myofascial release, and it makes sense to me because the we control our skeletal muscle with the periphery of the central nervous system. And then within that, we have the integration of the fascial tissue that's in there. And we get kind of like the knots within the fascial tissue that build up over time as we, you know, come into contact with trauma or we experience stress. And if we can figure out how to release those adhesions or those knots within the fascia, uh, then we can kind of tend to, lower the amount of cortisol that's being produced because of that tension that's built up within the body. Um, Kind of correct a lot of different imbalances uh, that are seen within the body. And so if you haven't checked out any of that work, I highly, I highly recommend it. It's really interesting. Is it like fascial stretching? Is that what they do? Or is it? So they don't believe in stretching because basically the way that they look at it is um, like a plastic bag, for instance, like you keep stretching it and you kind of just, you know, eventually it's just going to tear or it just keeps elongating. Whereas, um, they believe in mobility. So you can get more mobile by releasing the fascia properly. And it also helps with like calcium deposits and stuff like that within the muscle. Um, and just kind of helps stimulate the lymphatic fluid through the system. Um, they have a certain type of resistance training that they like to do for uh, like things like the gait cycle um, and correcting different imbalances within like running and things like that. I don't know if I'm entirely sold on that part specifically yet to go 100% in with it all the time, but the information on the fascia is really interesting. So I recommend if you're interested, look at it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, like um, we've got this, and I don't know whether this is related, but with this friend of ours, Jim Bostock, he's a physio, but he's not really a physio. Like he does nerve locks, release nerve locks. Um, And we often talk to him, you know, about stuff like this. And I think, you know, if it works for you and it reduces your pain and it improves your performance in the gym, like why not, you know? And is it working for you? Um, So far. So I just started his 10-week program. And so I'm, I'm slowly going through there. Uh, I'm extremely sore just because I've been, I've been getting after it hard, but it's fun. It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of one of those things to where you really have to enjoy being in pain. Uh, oh, really? Kind of get the benefit out of it. So yeah, wow. if you enjoy torturing yourself a little bit, <laughs> something, something. I don't know how much I like torturing myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, in, in my mind, uh, a lot of the different connections that they make, they, they make a lot of sense. So anatomy trains also, he talks about like the different slings that we have in our body and things like um, the superficial back line and the different connections that we can have um, with the different muscles on completely opposite parts of the body. Um, it's really interesting, just his kind of take on all of it. Oh, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess kind of um, wrapping it up, what are the top five tips that you could give to a woman today to uh, start taking the steps that they need to in order to start getting into a better state of health? Oh, God, I think number one, just stop fucking doing dumb diets. (laughs) Like you just got to get off that diet yo-yo train, like stop 
focusing so much on losing weight um, and start to, you know, like try and improve your metabolism, you know, and listen to your body. So eat to fuel your body. If you're hungry, eat. Um, number two, enjoy getting enough protein. Like I think that's just such a huge thing I see with women. Uh, so, you know, you can just get a MyFitnessPal account, track your food. You can easily see how much protein you get, you're getting. So, you know, 90 grams minimum a day. If you're doing any sort of strength training activity, you know, you probably want to eat a bit more than that. And it depends on, you know, how much lean mass you've got. But at least eat 90 grams minimum of protein a day. Um, three, don't be afraid of sugar. <laughs> don't be afraid of sugar, you know. Like it just it's changed my life so much. Um, read that article of Emma's. Like it will blow your mind, you'll be like, holy shit, you know, Kitty's right, Emma's right, Um, you know, start eating more fruit, like just start by having some more fruit in your diet, really ripe fruit, just eat what digests well for you, try some beautiful pulp-free orange juice, it's amazing, I just love orange juice, like do you like orange juice? Oh yeah, I drink probably a liter and a half of orange juice every single day, at least. It's just the best, isn't it? Yeah, I love like, it. I just, every, every time I like at dinner, I'll sit there at lunch and I'll drink my juice. I'm like, oh, I just fucking love juice. Like, I just, it's just amazing. So, you know, eat more sugar. Um, number four, I think stop flogging yourself. You know, like stop flogging yourself with cardio and just getting up and training and when you're exhausted because you can't heal when you do that you know, um, and look at doing some form of strength training. Just start. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and five, eat the liver. <laughs> like, seriously, like, liver is just the best food ever. And if you can't eat the liver, and try the pate. If you don't want to do the pate, try the liver tablets, like, that. you know, what, what that we take. Um, but, yeah, like, it really is just such a amazing, incredible food that I think everyone can benefit from eating. Oh, and the carrot salad. Do the carrot salad. That's another thing. That's six things. But <laughs> do the carrot and the doodle liver. Yeah. Definitely. Sounds good. Well, you heard it from Kitty. Um, thank you. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, get into our Facebook group if you're not in there yet. Uh, we have tons of people absolutely killing it in there. And I'll talk to you next time.